Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 167, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, January 12th, 2021, uh, like seven, eight days until January 20th. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. One more time, Trump's trying to coup today. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Don't call for violence. Uh, that is courtesy of Soltis <laughs> Anna. Uh, and I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Hey, who I'm is? Perma Band, man. Twitter kicked me off, fam. Crying all night. 45's got no backup plan. Call me Baron, man. Always John Baron, man. Wait, they got Parla Dan. Rudy's got burners, man. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Christy Yamaguchi, man, at Waffle House for that rubber band, man. So good. Uh, inspired, aka. Yeah, I mean, wow. Now, now, the, now, now, actions are taken. Hey, it feels so we'll weird. Take man. it. I'll take it. Okay. Uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, Trump, <laughs> Trump got banned at right after we recorded our last uh, episode of last week. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, big. Ooh. Hey, I don't know, yeah. who's that? Who's that ghost coming in? Who's that ghost from the <laughs> from the wings? The, the decent, the ghost of American decency. <laughs> she is the hilarious and talented Caitlin Durante. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? I've got a new anagram to share. Oh, this oh. comes from a uh, Bechtelcast Patreon subscriber, so I don't have their Twitter handle. So if this is you, let yourself be known. Um, but this is uh, from Chris. That's the only way I know how to identify them. But the anagram is Tinier Anal Duct. Huh. <laughs> okay. Tinier. Like it's an improvement. Tinier anal duct. Yeah. Tinier anal duct. <laughs> How do you have We know what all you're of picturing. These... And no, it's tinier. Yeah. It's tinier a tinier you can't even see duct. it. You can't even see it. Just put it. If you have a pen, just put a dot on your paper. There it is. Uh, yes. Caitlin is uh, traditionally brings anagrams for her AKAs. For any new listeners, we have heard Latin Dancer UTI. We have heard Nine Tit Dracula. Uh, and we got a new entrance into yeah. the uh, Caitlin Durante Anagram Hall of Fame, a tinier anal duct. Mm-hmm. Uh, anal duct. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> yes, thank I'm you. Just, I'm always just in awe. It's always like, there, that had to have been every single word now. And now we're like getting even more obscure and specific. It used to be Latin dancer UTI. I thought that was the best. And now it's tinier. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's, yeah. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, th- thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Chris, and uh, mm-hmm. all the artists, all the anagram artists yes. who come it's up truly with these. It's truly an art. It's a science and it's an art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect right. blend. Like hacking. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like hacking. You have to hack <laughs> the letters of my name to, it's really, it, it's so, like, yeah, exactly. it's like sample based hip hop. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I know th- that's familiar. Isn't that Caitlin Durante? No, that's nine to Dracula. <laughs> yeah. The remix. <laughs> exactly. Remix. Oh shit. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci famously big into anagrams. Uh, if you exactly. read the Da Vinci Code, he, was, <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> he put he put his uh, he put his codes 
for that would span across time and be so difficult nobody could figure yeah. them out. The he da put Vinci them in code. as word jumbles. Uh, so, right. also the Da Vinci Code written by Leonardo Da Vinci. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Uh, His most famous right. work. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin, most famous work. We're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna just check in with the news cycle. Uh, it seems like. Uh, just generally, we're trending towards uh, forgiving, forgetting. Is this impeachment thing really going to work out? And then there's some fear-mongering stuff happening about how they're planning more attacks. Uh, so we'll check in with all of that. You mean fear-mongering to dissuade from impeachment? Yeah, to dissuade yeah, yeah. from impeachment that that the uh, there are attacks planned if Trump is removed from office before. I believe that uh, either inauguration way. Death. Yeah, I believe that. I don't <laughs> think that we can, like has that ever been the policy of any country, let alone fucking America, to to be like, well, they're gonna do terrorism if we uh, don't do what is going to keep the most people safe. So let's just sit back and yeah. let it ride. So we'll talk about that and how the Republicans are asking for healing, uh, how uh, we, we got impeaching this creep 2.0. Uh, so maybe we'll hear a little bit of that. I think we are. Girl, I'm talking about impeaching this creep. We'll check in, ask the question, is this a new era of social media? Uh, and we will also check in with uh, Saxon Musk, uh, which is the name of one of Elon Musk's uh, forgotten children. Uh, so I just have a tweet from him that I want to get you guys' <laughs> thoughts on. Uh, all, right. all of that, plenty more. But first, Caitlin, we like mm. to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? I just Googled, where and when is Paddington 3? I <laughs> need to know. I, I found mm. no new information. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, I, no. really, I really needed that one, Caitlin. <laughs> I really needed <laughs> yeah. that one. <laughs> Uh, is there nothing even announced? I mean, is it in development? Uh, do we know if there's I, a deal? In, that I believe was signed? it's it's in development still. I don't even know if it's gone to pre-production. There's oh, no information God. about. I, the only thing I know is that Paul King, the director of the first two movies, is not returning, oh. or at least he was. Which is like, I know it's like, oh, you. We need Paul King there. Um, we don't really know anything about release dates. Uh, what? Right. Who's who's the villain? We. We know nothing. Ugh. The Still. only way this could possibly get worse is if the Democrats divide the country and go forward with impeachment. <laughs> then the day is truly <laughs> lost, I would say. Oh, my God. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Have there been examples where a director directed the first two and then the third one was actually, like, okay? It was on par with the with the... You know, with a like, new director, you mean for the third? Yeah, movie? with a new director for the third mm. movie. I know there are some people who ride for Jurassic Park three, but who? generally it's seen as like not a good one. It's There's, terrible. I think it's yeah. like uh, film nerds who thrive on alternate takes, it's uh, dying on the takes. wrong hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Home Alone, we saw that mm. that one fall off. Although I don't even know if Home Alone two was directed by. Uh, Chris Columbus. I'll tell you, Home Alone 3 was wild as shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they recast everything. I couldn't it, is, handle it. Do you know if uh, Paddington is going to be played by the same Paddington? He damn well better be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I, th I would imagine so. I think, yeah. yeah, Ben Wishaw is never not going to be Paddington now. Good. I know. Uh -huh. 
All right. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? I think um, quitting is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, <Go> quitting. <laughs> Specifically quitting comedy. I think more people should quit comedy who are doing comedy. I think I should quit comedy. I think we should all just normalize quitting as like a as a good thing. Every time I've ever quit anything, I've felt really great after quitting it. I think yep. you know, we generally associate uh negative emotions or negative um, you know, uh connotations with quitting and I think it's generally a pretty good thing. I mean, I think it's all how we look at stuff, you know, like if you're quitting something or you're treating your life as a collection of experiences that you sift through and some right. mm-hmm. you like and serve you others you don't or aren't what you thought they'd be and then you you put that aside and you allow yourself to evolve more i think yeah. that's like the hard thing too is like creating a language within your mind to make it like cuz the word quitting feels like you're th- you're just throwing your hands up you're like ah oh, i don't have what I it takes i give up yeah yeah exactly. versus like Oh, this isn't actually the ideal way I thought my life was going through this narrow way I was defining it. So now I maybe can let that go in service of something that is more appealing to me or more fitting or gives me the better feeling as I engage with it. Because, damn, there are times when I remember I was like trying to do whatever projects and just being like, it has to be this and causing myself so much distress because I wasn't allowing myself the flexibility or elasticity to be like, you don't just I didn't have to define myself as only being successful in this very narrow way versus like what the yeah. feeling is I'm chasing. Like, am I mm-hmm. fulfilled versus like, am I on SNL? Right. <laughs> and I'm right. neither of those <laughs> <sighs> podcast stuff's cool, though. I mean, I think across <laughs> I think across uh, lots of different professions, people are kind of going to be facing this same thing because of how the economy is shit the bed and people who work in restaurants or, you know, whatever it is, uh, Mm -hmm. people who have their own shops, I think, are going to be trying to figure out how to, you know, uh, pivot is is the shitty buzzword way of saying it. Why were you Uh, talking comedy, though, specifically? I don't know. I, well... I mean, just the the grind of like mm-hmm. doing stand up and like that. I mean, not that that's obsolete or you know put on hiatus <laughs> indefinitely. Right. Um, I'm just thinking about like if if ever we resume like a, a more sense of normal, like kind of go back to the way we were of like being allowed to go outdoors and be around people and like go to venues and have shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like. Do I even want to go back to that? Do I even like? Right. Do I, I want to keep go like doing? So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn, and I'm like, maybe I should just quit. Was I even getting that much enjoyment out of it before all this? Right. So I've got some things to think about. <laughs> got to honor yourself, though. Number one, yeah. I think that's the one thing that I've learned overall through you know this the 2020 and everything is just how much more like. It, it how much more important it is to really be focused on your well-being or sense of like happiness versus like traditionally used to be like well if i do this or i get this or i work there then i can be happy and thinking right. that happiness is like this transactional sequence where you can very much engage in happiness but it, it, it you have to kind of find it and really embrace it mm-hmm. so that's what the yeah. movie soul is all about I think Soul? this is why what got me on this train of thinking. Yeah. Oh man, he's chasing it, chasing it. 
Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Is it good? I haven't seen Soul yet. Soul I've been trying to get my it, kids to. Yeah, I I, I rather enjoyed it. It's yes. good. I was hoping it would be black cocoa, but it wasn't. So I was like, all right. It's more like <laughs> it has like a very broad human message. Because, you know, I, I, just to see the characters, I'm like, oh, these are African. Okay, look, was black people doing a Pixar, like a black Pixar movie? Mm-hmm. But it it tr- it sort of transcended it. Not that it needed to myopically be this sort of like, you know, uh, portrait of blackness in America through Pixar filters mm-hmm. or anything like that. Right. But it ended up being just like very like, I was like, is this for kids? Because, I mean, sh- I'm over here like <laughs> second guessing my shit watching this. I'm like, yo, this might fuck a kid up. Yeah, but, there's all these yeah. people in their like 30s and 40s and older who were like, damn, like Soul really spoke to me and in a way yeah. that like is not really relatable for children. I mean, I guess it's like a kid who sees it will like take that message into their future and like right. into their like Remember soul? career and, and <laughs> hobbies and stuff like that. Right. But um yeah, it's like not it, the the themes that the movie explores uh like aren't super for children. Right. It's still good, but um, yeah, yeah. No, like that never, that never stopped them from like, like we. So I put on the part of Disney Plus that has the Pixar movies, trying to be like, oh, look at this one looks pretty good, and uh, they they wanted to watch Wall-E again. They're at that Uh point where they like like to watch things a thousand times. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And Wall-E is still such a great movie, but yeah, it does not. Like it's some dark shit, like to wrap your mind around. They're like, wait, so why are why do they look like that now? Why is everybody right. so lazy? Because um, mm-hmm. of runaway but, consumer culture. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but I I'm I'm gonna get to Seoul in the next week, hopefully. Yeah, I watched that. I remember like that was a, the best part of that break when you're like, oh shit, like. Things that I've never seen before are now watchable online. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I like, I was never quicker to watch something. I think that's like the one interesting part of these films being released on digital is like, it's really, it's eliminated all the barriers or obstacles for me, a lazy, like fucking sedentary rock person uh, mm. <laughs> would like have like not going to a movie. Where I'm like, I don't know, just press buttons and I'm watching the new. Great. I love it. Yeah. I was just picturing one of those rock people from the uh, Never Ending Story. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Oh. <laughs> that um, shit freaked me out. Another yeah. movie uh, I watched when I was in my thousand movie phase. It was Labyrinth and uh, Never Ending Story. Labyrinth, I fucked with heavy because my mom like vibed with David Bowie, so she's like, "Yeah, you could watch Labyrinth. Why don't you put <laughs> Labyrinth on again?" <laughs> Wait, what is your thousand movie phase? Like you like were saying, just, like when you're a kid and you start watching, oh, like, watching a thing. It's be like oh, you're like, times. I only know oh, okay. how to watch. Get get satisfaction from watching this same piece yeah. of content over and over and over again. And even when people go, I remember vividly, even as a kid, when my like anybody, older cousin, parent, uncle, whatever, like you know, if you like this, you'd really dig. Th-. I was like, fuck you, I'm, <laughs> a new thing. No, this. thanks. No. Yeah. What do you mean? It's like, is it this? No, then no. I'm not. What, what the fuck are you talking about? Pass hard. Pass. Yeah, hard hard pass. Yeah, my like I have some that are I think universally like among just different generations like Jaws and Karate Kid, but then Teen Wolf. Mm. I watched Teen Wolf <laughs> oh, so many right. fucking times. Uh <laughs> and that is just imprinted on on me as like this is what you should expect from a movie. Um <laughs> Great. Caitlin, you've talked before uh on your amazing film 
podcast, the Bechdel cast, you've talked oh, before about how Titanic is oh. one of those movies for you. Oh, yes. There was well, an entire summer where I watched it every single day twice. I spent <laughs> seven hours a day watching Titanic. <laughs> like a full-time job. Um, wh- <laughs> twice a day? <laughs> Like for breakfast, like uh, was there a seven hour block or you kind of you punctuated your day throughout the day? You needed to hit it twice. No, no, no. It was a full no breaks, no pee breaks. Even <laughs> I would. Get oh, up so it was like morning. going into work like nine to four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I would get up in the morning. Uh, it was back when there was on the two VHS tapes. So yeah. we'd watch the first oh, tape, damn. watch the second one, then have to rewind them both. And then just immediately start over after rewinding them. Oh. You didn't have like the the VHS uh, rewinder machine on deck. You'd be like, no, get in. We weren't that rich. We didn't have Mm. a separate (laughs) machine for rewinding. Oh, man. Well, let me tell you, that that just allowed for just a few more viewings of Ace Ventura Pet Detective on VHS (laughs) for me. (laughs) Uh, What is something you think is overrated, Caitlin? I think making your bed is overrated. Wow. I'll never do it. I think it's a waste of time. <laughs> I think it's a racket and I don't get it. Yeah. Big bed, big what is it? Big military that's uh push it, pushing us to make our beds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. there are some people I know who like ride really hard for making your bed. Like uh who are just they're just like it really helps me mentally if I mm. make my bed. To every each day. their own. To each yeah. their own. Yeah. I don't because I get some people like I understand looking at them like you don't want to get into a messy bed like I I can I can understand that I don't feel that at all because I'm like I don't give a I'm this only me sleeping in this motherfucker's not like Mm -hmm. some secret family has been sleeping in the bed all day and I'm like oh well I don't know that you know of yeah right but I get the process because I remember like in high school like one of my first high school girlfriends she was a fucking militant bed maker wow. and like we weren't having sex or nothing like that you know it was like i'm we're, i'm tutoring and then we make out in your room type shit right. and i remember like we'd be on the bed and she would like fucking straighten everything up i'm like you got an inspection coming what the fuck is that she's like no i just really like it neat she's like there's no better feeling than when you get into bed and you pull the sheets and you can feel this sheet and i was like okay you're just dis- like, like this is like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, okay, good for you. Like, mm. I get into when I get into the hotel, I yank the bottom part of the fucking shit out yeah. before I even get in the motherfucker because I hate that tuck at the end. It's, Fucks it's my feet re- up. It's so restrictive. I hate yes, it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I am in a uh, my my significant other is very messy sheet wise and also will sometimes snack in bed and it is oh. a big oh. point of contention. Uh, between wow. the two of us. What do you wait? So how do you handle I like, that? Like, like I will. I I'm also I'm not like a morning bed maker, but I will make the bed before we get in the bed at night, just to like have it so that there is like one sheet and not just like a crumple like over in one <laughs> corner or something. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it's there's little goldfish crackers, cracker crumbs are my, and then you know my kids will then uh, just hop in bed, feed off yeah. that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yep. It's, it's like bait. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is fucked up, though. Like, I know that feeling. You got dirt in your bed, and you feel that shit on your skin. Like, what the fuck is this shit in here? <laughs> it's like, no. Why are my shins being disturbed by <laughs> yeah, goldfish like- crackers? <laughs> Just crumbs. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about uh, what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
And we're back. Let's just check in with the news cycle. It's moving fast. Uh, this is our first recording in a couple days. Uh, and, you know, the so I think Pence has officially said he's not going to, the 25th Amendment's not going to happen. Um, oh, so, it's a, he said definitely not now? He said not, and then he said he was still open to it over the weekend, but it just seems like more and more people are uh, assuming yeah. it's not going to happen. Right. Uh, Even though, you know, those people tried to apparently seem like they had the intent of possibly doing him harm up and including to yeah. killing him. The first coordinated chant eyewitnesses, uh, the first coordinated chant after they broke through the glass was hang Mike Pence. Uh, and they had a, <laughs> a gallows set up out in front of the Capitol and zip ties. Um, we actually talked on a episode towards the end of uh, last week about the uh, security guard. His last name is Goodman. Oh, the Capitol Police officer? Yeah, the Capitol Police mm -hmm. officer who was, it, it seemed like he was just full on uh, in retreat mode because there was this huge mob. And apparently that was part of a strategy to lead them away so that they didn't hang Mike Pence or anybody else. Uh, yeah. And it worked because you see at the end of that video, they, this angry mob walks into a open sort of atrium where there's a bunch of other cops. Um, yeah. But it's wild because they say the timing of that was like the recording of that moment was maybe around two fourteen is what they think when he basically gets up to the staircase and looks down the hall where the entrance to the Senate chamber is and realize there's no one there to guard right. it. So, yeah, like that move was just like shoving the dude in the Q shirt and then making it and luring them the other way is like, it, it's wild. The whole, mm -hmm. everything about that whole shit is just so fucked up. Especially yeah. now when you see more and more the fucker, the very high probability of fuckery that was going on yeah. um, within actual law enforcement. Uh, it's just like, it's... It, like every day it just gets way more less of a thing you can laugh about yeah you know like it's it's one thing when up. it was like whoa look at the viking dude ha 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 he has horns on and then you like you just start seeing like the timeline of events and how coordinated things were and even how things weren't coordinated and if they were could have been much more severe mm -hmm. um but yeah, but still, I think there's a, definitely a group of people, I definitely see that on the internet, who still think this is just some shit to make jokes about. Like, And I get that through humor, we can make ourselves slightly more comfortable in dealing with something so fucked up. I totally get that. But like, there are some takes I see that are completely dismissing of it as like anything yeah. to actually be serious about um, and truly just being like, oh my gosh, can you believe these yokels? There's a CNN article about how there is currently unprecedented support for Trump's removal from office, uh, and it hinges on pass, passing uh, the impeachment. And but then the article like talks most of it is spent talking about how you know uh, passing the impeachment will fail because it won't happen in time, and people will want to put this whole thing behind them, and the Republican populace is still opposed, and it's just it's really kind of going back to that uh, both sides where one side is the Republican party, uh, even though that is now like a white supremacist hate group, like mm -hmm. they're still both sides in it. Like, yeah, but on the other hand, this, these people are on board with it. Um, and then yeah. 
There's an article that went up yesterday morning uh, on ABC about how uh, the FBI is saying that there is a huge armed uprising that will happen if uh, Trump is removed from office ahead of inauguration. Yeah. And it's not like, so we're on it and we're taking these motherfuckers down. It's like, so like the way it's written again, it's just right. Cause it's almost unimaginable. Other outlets who covered that same FBI communique are just sort of like, yeah, this is bad. You see, (laughs) Um, it's not going to stop because they're already saying, you know, and a lot of people were saying the reason that the uh, Trump Twitter was taken down was that tweet when he said, I won't be at the inauguration, basically giving it a green light for violence. Yeah. Um, And then a lot of other people who are much more, you know, uh, up on like OPSEC and how social media companies work and how they can actually foresee certain things are like. They probably saw really saw how much activity was happening on their platforms to organize another violent act, and were like, "Oh shit, okay, like we already let that one happen." So yeah, it's a it's it's really hard to watch too because everybody else, there's certain people who are like, "This is such a clear and present danger," uh, and has been for years, decades. Mm -hmm. Where, but even more specifically, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, "Okay, you didn't." You didn't learn about white supremacy till this summer, okay? <laughs> right. You, you found out this summer, and you really uh-huh. didn't do much about it. And you still let this guy say all this other shit and let him let all this other shit slide, and this is where we are. But um, it's it's truly it's like you want the all leadership to be in the same place, uh, like on you know both sides of the aisle. But yeah, you're seeing how Republicans are like, well, you know, we're we're gonna try and like delay you guys realizing how much of a cancerous, malignant growth we are. Uh, until it's too late. <laughs> mm-hmm. The I, I mean, most of the mainstream media coverage of the response to this is around uh, Trump's Twitter getting yep. uh, indefinitely suspended or, you know, Parler getting kicked off of all the different uh, platforms where people were able to use it. Um, and I feel like it's not like that. That stuff is should be par for the course but like there there's a story about how fox news is moving its only news show from the 7 p.m block uh to the daytime to make the evening programming just 100 percent pure trash mm-hmm. um like they they're going to have a no holds barred all around like round table of opinion contributors at 7 p.m instead of a news show um Thanks. and the opinion contributors have since the uh, attack on the Capitol have been talking about, you know, how it was led by uh, Antifa and spreading like widely debunked rumors like they're the fact that they're still pushing on the Fox News side is, oh yeah, I think what should be seen as most remarkable by the mainstream media. Facebook and Fox like they're that's still a huge component to all of this. That's still their diet. Sure, you took Trump's Twitter away and Parler, but they still got Fox. They still got Facebook. And it's from all the people that are like monitoring things. Yes, there's fracturing happening on the right, especially in the, like the alt-right trying to figure out, okay, well, did Trump screw us? Is he a plant? Is this Q? Is it not? Do we go more violent? Do we retreat? And there is all this kind of just chaos happening at the moment but yeah when you look at fox fox and friends this morning janine pirro you know she compared the deplatforming like of uh, on like on platform uh, parlor and shit like that she said it was quote akin to kristallnacht 
Yeah. Yeah. The Night of Broken Glass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. n- wow. I mean, and, and I think that's what's, that's, but that's what, I don't know. Half of me is like, do people know, do, do half of these people know what Crystal Knocked is? Probably because it's like a calendar they date, they celebrate because they're fucking despicable people. But right. it's, it's just weird of all this, you know, using these historical examples to try and whip people up who have for a moment began to actually like look at what's going on uh, would see just how absurd it is. But this, but we're not dealing with people who are, are reasonable or can be reasoned with like yeah. that much is clear. It, there's nothing, you know, they, the, the from hearing like um, interviews with people that were at the Capitol, there were some people who were just like, I don't know, like I'm waiting to kind of like take orders. That's why I showed up. And other people were like, oh, when they went in the Capitol, I was like, this is too much for me. And I left. Um, but there's but every every sort of part of the spectrum is being currently represented in this party. And they're all very vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the Kristallnacht thing really reminds me of, you know, some, a strategy we've talked about them constantly using, which is when something is true about them, they accuse the opposition mm-hmm. of doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, the week that they have a attempted coup uh, for a fascist uprising, uh, which is what Kristallnacht was like a signpost, like big moment in the Nazi uprising, uh, they they start accusing social media for uh, banning them uh, of being crystal knocked which is Mm. uh you know it just takes the it turns that accusation and that characterization which is obviously much more appropriate uh coming from the left about the right um is obviously much more appropriate in that direction but it turns it into a no you are which is kind of (laughs) deflating i think right that's why they do it i mean it's funny too because even in crystal knocked you know uh, German authorities just watched and sat idly by as it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, there just, there's so many things you can map onto what's happening currently in the United States and compare it to fucking nearly just inex- like not inexhaustible, but plenty of modern examples of how not addressing this or taking these sort of things seriously over time just becomes a completely uh, runaway force that becomes very hard to deal with and at times will completely uh, overtake a nation. Uh, so, Yeah, it, it seems like there are people, like that's the Fox News side, is sit back, be like, well, these are people, or Rush Limbaugh, these are people who uh, they're saying, like, we're just, you know, sick and tired of it and just trying to normalize that shit and then you do have the side of it that is outraged and are trying to turn this into like a bright line that they crossed but it's there is certainly that contingent that just wants to let this thing slide like yeah who were like yeah no you should be walking that old lady out uh, holding her hand and letting everybody leave uh the the capital after they stormed it like that is yeah, there there is a huge fascism problem in America now that uh, there are a lot of people who are openly for it, who have been openly for it. And if we're not aware of that after this and after, you know, Fox News's response to this, uh, then we like you have to be actively ignoring it to to not be aware of that. Yeah. And you can basically start a countdown timer to when these people find a way to come back into power fully and not fuck it up a second time. 
Right. Um, yeah, all, all experts in historic fascism are like, this is the first step. This is not the final step, or at least yeah. traditionally in history, it hasn't been the final step. This is mm-hmm. uh, the failed coup that precedes the more well put together, more uh, coherently planned out coup, which then precedes the you know actual taking of power. Um, yeah, but just you know that some journalists have done a deep dive into who was actually there. Um, they haven't been able to find a single left left wing agitator, uh, which I think right. you know the right was certainly looking very hard for. Um, but it's you know there there's a uh, Republican political donor uh, and CEO of. Cogencia, uh, some shitty named uh, Chicago-based data analytics firm. Uh, Cogencia. I don't know. Uh, but he was ar- arrested with a group of a half dozen Trump supporters uh, who clashed with officers Wednesday inside the Capitol. Um, he had contributed more than $25,000 to Trump's campaign. Uh, Derek Evans, a Republican recently sworn in as a delegate to the West Virginia House, uh, live streamed himself and yeah, live streamed it. Uh, Texas he said, sh- he said his name, he said, he Derek said Evans is in the Capitol. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> okay, uh, what? thanks for making it easy. There's a lieutenant, a Texas sheriff announced Thursday. He had reported one of his lieutenants to the FBI after she posted photos of herself on social media. Uh, with a crowd, um, yeah, Seattle PD. They th- they know at least two of their like on duty. Well, they weren't on duty, but people who are from the department were there too. Uh, yeah, and all over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like that's all it takes, you know. Like you you need buy in from like you know the moneyed people in MAGA world, which are a lot of these people. Like that that sort of hotel lobby scene that we saw right after, yeah. where people just kicking back sipping drinks everybody looking sort of like a pretty you know upper middle class to upper class gen xers boomers what have you that there the analysis too is like you know for as much even I, I would and i think we would even talk about how um poor people are manipulated into sort of seduced by this sort of ideology which is true obviously but mm-hmm. the there's a this other thing that was really interesting is that a lot of the uh like a lot of the contingent that was there too are like people who are like the like wealthier people of the areas in which they live in um not necessarily when you compare that to like the entire united states but like demographically for where they are they meet those things as well and so there's just this it really it's a broad coalition of people but there's a lot of money invested in it too because when charlie kirk is bragging now we don't know that he said the turning point had paid for 80 plus buses of people to be taken up there. Um, it's not just, yeah, there's people who clearly have the money to be there themselves. Then there's also people who are able, like willing to enable this for those who don't have the means to be like, I will make, I will physically get you there, but I just need the chaos from you and I will use you for my own aims. And that's what makes, I think the future of this, like it's such a multi-level problem aside from the social media, like the dark money spending, we don't know who the fuck is actually funding all this. Mm-hmm. Like people yeah. are funding this. People funded all of this shit that went down last week. They from the people who, you know, there's like there are um sort of like uh GoFundMe type things for like patriots who are in need of financial sis- assistance that they will help subsidize your travel to get you to an event and things like that. So it is definitely 
like we have a lot of light that we have to shine across the across the board. Um, but again, these are all things that a lot of people have been saying from the beginning, like you got to get this like weird dark money where you don't know where it comes from out of politics, because, yeah, it allows things to be like, I'll basically pay for thousands of people to just be there. And then you do what you got to do. And then hopefully, you know, match gasoline. Boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there's a need on, on the part of mainstream Democrats to acknowledge that these right-wing institutions that are asking for unity from uh, the Democratic Party are actually, you know, they're fa- either have ties to fascism or are enable- actively enabling fascism. Like, Turning Point USA is needs to be... Skull-fucked. Uh, yeah, into non-existence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this woman, Christina Malamon, in, in the article, just, like, listing all the people who've been identified using social media them say, shouting their names, like you said, as they entered the <laughs> Capitol. Um, but she is like a higher up in Turning Point USA. Like she's an ambassador for them. Uh, it, it's actually interesting. She's like the Forrest Gump of bullshit Trump activities. She was the organizer of that boat parade in Oregon where all those boats got. Oh, right. Because she's like one of the in the leadership for like the young Republicans. I yeah, think, in Oregon, yeah, right? exactly. Um, but she also has pictures with Donald Trump Jr. and Roger Stone. And it's, you know, and there's a a business owner from Utica, New York. Like it's it's all sorts of people who have power in their communities. Like you were saying, Miles, like these are people who are wealthy people in their communities who are pushing. Yeah. And they could shit. take it. Adv- and again, they're taking advantage of people in a lower socioeconomic class than them uh, mm-hmm. by being like, oh, I can get these people turned up. Um, because yeah. they look up to me and I look up to him and they look at, it's like, it's like this, just, you know, the snake eats its own tail. Um, but the unity cheers are just so fucking, uh, anybody who for a second entertains these things, I mean, p- please enlist to be on the front lines to fight these people in a few years. Like if right. you really think that you can just be like, Oh, Hey, like, it's like a, I don't even know. I we I don't know. I'm running out of examples of what this bullshit is like. But, you know, right. there's Lee Zeldin, who's a representative from New York. And this is like the kind of takes we're seeing across conservative media and even like weird centrist dem apologist media. Uh, Wednesday's violence was terrible, but some people need to take a deep breath. Breadth. Interesting. Breath. Uh, <laughs> like the breath. breath. Uh, anyway. Uh, and look in the mirror. Those who committed acts of violence in the Capitol must be held accountable. But Sam's <laughs> and media eager to use Wednesday to settle political scores would only be dividing our country more. You divided the country. Right. You are dividing the country. It's only going to divide more Republicans. And there is a thing. I saw this like take on Twitter all the time that sort of um, you don't heal with insurrectionists. You deal with insurrectionists. Yes. That's yeah. that's what has to happen. You you have to deal with these people because all they're saying it's like just it, it, I don't know I don't it's like a guy has a fucking gun and he's walking close to you but he's smiling and everyone's like well I don't know they seem heel, nice like heel. he has a fucking gun what are you <laughs> right. talking about it's like nobody but he looks nice and he was he was sorry about the last time he shot everybody and wasn't smiling that time and he has those See, fancy little friendship bracelets he wants to give us. Oh, oh, those are zip ties. Oh, okay. yeah, no, <laughs> and and that's what people will happen. Like they're so used to not seeing each other as a threat, especially like or seeing this white supremacy like manifest into this mob or whatever, and be like, oh, that's 
that's a problem because these people actually came here to stop anything from moving forward past Donald Trump. Any kind of progress past that is what they were saying. Oh, this is our red line. Like yeah. the most progress we'll tolerate is Donald Trump. Anything right. past that, well, then it all bets are off because that's a threat to whatever diet I'm ingesting. But it probably has to do with American exceptionalism and white exceptionalism. Yeah. Mm. Just to continue with these examples, uh, Minority Leader McCarthy also saying the same thing. Our country's not just divided. We are deeply hurt. The task ahead for the next Congress and the incoming Biden administration couldn't be more momentous. First of all. OK, yeah, it's now it's on them. Uh, but to deliver a better America for all partisans of all stripes uh, first must unite as Americans and show our country that a peaceful transfer of power has occurred. Impeaching the president with just 12 days left in his term will only divide our country more. Mm -hmm. What do you mean more? You can't divide it more than people saying we're here to fucking chop off one branch of the government through violence or overturn an election. It's like triangulation, but uh, Clinton kind of made an art form of this thing where he would take what's on the right, take what's on the left, triangulate in the middle. And like that would be the uh, most popular position that he could take on anything. And that ended up with him basically uh, governing as a Republican. Um, <laughs> but that's sort of a cheat code for the old form of how the government operated when both the Democrats and Republicans were kind of working within the system, even though they were like had fucked up values, like they at least agreed on what the rules were. Um, and now that is no longer the case. But we have a leader coming into power who, you know, he, the first time you heard unity coming out of someone's mouth after the events of Wednesday, the 6th, were you know, Biden saying, like, we need to come together. And it's just, it, I, I feel like he's uniquely like a sitting duck to be targeted with this sort of unity bullshit. Like, yeah. I, right. I, I would be shocked if he put any muscle, uh, any political capital behind the impeachment and removal of Trump or the holding accountable the, the people who stormed the Capitol. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Because he's he's he has such a romantic idea of making out with these Nazis like they're going to be like, oh, don't worry. Once I kiss them, they're going to snap out of it and everything <laughs> will be OK. Right. Like, no, like anybody who is saying any, like because, you know, they're really doing the the right is doing the most to throw this like distraction flashbang down of like self victimhood and censorship right. to completely take the conversation away from. Uh, the Republican Party just led an insurrection and five people are dead right. because of it. Let's yeah. let's talk about that. I don't care about the other stuff, because if you th is insurrection good or bad, right? you know, like, are, can we and then if that's bad, then let's really keep going further in there to actually keep this thing focused, because all that does is because too many people are stupid and just watch TV and are like, well, I don't know, they're not. I guess on TV, they're not as mad that they almost tried to kill every like a bunch of people in Congress. I guess we can move on based on like the cues I'm getting on TV. It's bad. But, you know, I, I will say this with the censorship thing, you know, Twitter permanent ban uh, and like all and he tried to flop from like burner account to burner account. It was like whack-a-mole. They were just banning people left and right. Snapchat took him down. I think there's like a quick lock, whatever that is. But it's going to be. He doesn't really use Snapchat anyway. Facebook and Instagram have a short to medium ban. And we don't know what indefinite means, but that's what they said. Shopify and PayPal have pieced out. 
But Parler is the one that is really the one that people are using to focus on because uh, Parler will have them completely skull fucked, uh, as yeah. I would say. They've been taken off of the Apple Store, the Google Play Store. Uh, Amazon isn't hosting the, the actual servers anymore, and they don't have any way to make transactions. The CEO went on Fox and said, uh, at, like Amazon, Apple, and Google were attempting to, quote, actually destroy the entire company. And he also added that he had been, quote, ditched by their lawyers. Oh, um, <laughs> you, you hate to see it. And you also hate to see that a ton of hackers, whether it, they scraped and hacked all this information off of there to the point where 99.9% of its content has been saved with like raw geo targeting, like geolocation data affixed to every piece of content from there. Right. So whether that is actually used in a meaningful way, I don't know, but it'll be hard to feign ignorance and be like, well, we just don't know who these people are because there's a lot of people <laughs> outside of law enforcement, especially like people who've been doing a lot of anti-fascist work and and reporting to be like, nope, we need to do that. We need to capture this. Got to figure out. Let's save it all. People, if you find live streams, we need to save it all because who knows what law enforcement's going to say when they go, oh, I don't know. Facebook said they deleted it. So like, I don't know what we can do. And then you go, right. hi, there's all this shit. Please look at it. Um, but that's really, that's a wild thing to think as well that- <laughs> They have over fi- 56 terabytes worth of shit from there. Um, and some were even claiming that they were able to, to get to the data that had people's like lice, driver's licenses uh, yeah, attached to they, accounts. To become so, like a true patriot poster on uh, Parler, you had to scan your driver's license so that they knew you were a, a real person. And so they they have access to to that for like some of the bigger influencers on on that platform so it should yeah. be fairly easy i mean it's, you think you think you think it's, you'd think <laughs> how is how's the fbi still asking us to like give them tips like i mean there, i think there just are arrests happening but also it seems like i don't know the uh, in other instances they would be all over this shit yeah i think it's uh i don't know i, I really don't know how how they think or operate over there. But I mean, there's a lot of also like damning allegations against the FBI and their response while things are going down at the Capitol as well. Right. Um, but it makes sense because Trump has spent the, like the interim since the election, putting fucking stooges in these positions, like at the Pentagon and shit. So, right. Yeah. Uh, when you need them suddenly, it's going to, you're going to have people like Devin Nunes best, best boy in the building being like, Oh, I don't know. I I didn't see anything. And then just slowly, um, you know, just hamstringing the response. Yeah. It's been disappointing just across the board. The, the law enforcement, uh, response. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. I don't know. That's why it's like, it's so weird because I'm like, well, I I probably would have been like, they're not going to do shit. And then when like, they're possibly not doing as much as they could, it's like, fuck. Right, right. Yeah, they, that's their. We'll 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 see who who what side people are on, but that's why I think um, whatever Democrats do is is going to be an indication of just how serious they they take this threat, regardless yeah. of what Joe Biden says. Like you'd hope in Congress, they're like, I don't care what fucking Joe said. I was hi- like, we were hiding, uh, and we heard these people screaming, and I would have hated to be on the other side of that door without any protection. Yeah, um, and see where they go with that. Yeah. Uh, I, my hopes are not high, uh, despite what Pete Buttigieg's campaign would tell me, uh, mm. they're not, 
songs for a living. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And so the House is moving to impeach now. Um, okay. And yeah, that that was a that was a big deal oh, when that used to happen. <laughs> we we did like four straight weeks of content about the last time he was impeached, but now everything's happening so fast, and there's so many bad things that he's done that it mm. it just seems like it's uh, I don't know, but. What have you read anything, Miles or Caitlin, about like how likely they are to succeed based on like uh, what votes they have? It all depends. You know, yeah. that's why like there's one where it's like, let's 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 wait till uh Biden's been in a hundred days or after the inauguration, so the Senate math is different. Um and others are like, you know, there are people there are Republicans in the Senate, they're like, absolutely I'm not gonna no. Uh McConnell hasn't really said anything. I don't know what will happen that's what's so you know that's that's why you're like you look at what it takes because the house can just get it through purely on their majority uh but then what happens when it goes to the senate and what form does it take do you have to then have the chief justice preside over like the hearing the senate trial or do they just take a vote there's so many ways to do it uh and my head was spinning over the weekend just trying to like catch up with all these like wonky like scholars who are like, well, there's this way, then there's this way. But if you do it this way, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> God, can Pence just be like, this motherfucker tried to have me killed. So I'm not playing that anymore. So I hear, there you go. Uh, 25th Amendment, boom, boom. Uh, and there's even report, but that's that's not easy too. So all it, it just, everyone seems like, Yes, we know it's so hard to do, but I was like, oh, but it's so hard. And, you know, maybe then we'll forget about it. It just, the connection between how urgent this is and then being caught up in like the obstacles to it is just like so stupid because you're like, well, then, so the alternative is just to be very passive about it. Right. Right. That doesn't seem helpful. <laughs> no, not at all. Did you guys read the like 200 post analysis of uh, Trump's speech on, on Twitter? This dude just like went oh, no. piece by piece through every part of Trump's speech and just kind of laid out how openly and clearly he was uh, using language that that crowd would have understood to tell them uh, to go to go up and raise, you know, uh, basically do what they did. Uh, But hopefully, you know, they he he did. He made these like chilling things like and the alternative. uh, Mike Pence isn't going to want to know what happens to him or shit like that. That was just straight up like, you know, a, a death threat um or a threat of violence and then uh, yeah another another interesting note is that he keeps being like and we're gonna go up there and we're gonna like he's gonna be yeah, with we. the crowd and then he went back and uh you know hung out backstage with his son listening to gloria and then uh went to the white house and watched on watched on tv and then uh, complained that they looked poor Really? Did you read that headline? <laughs> yeah. That. As no. he was watching, he was making complaints about the appearance of the fucking insurrectionists. <gasps> wow. That they looked low class. I don't know why that's surprising to me. I don't know why. But like, <laughs> but that's just so real. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it that whole that whole ideology is based on exploiting people weaker and poorer than you for your own your own gains. 
and not giving a fuck. Even if they're even people who support you are dying. You're like, I don't care. I'm just trying to fucking stay yeah. out of jail, dude. Also, I'll take your money too. Right. Who did the who does he think voted for him? Does he think like everyone's a millionaire? Oh like, yeah, Kanye, <laughs> Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Brad Pitt, uh, Jennifer Aniston, all the cute people, only cuties <laughs> voted for me. I don't know. Yeah, really I mean, cute. but that just shows how even then his ego is so wrapped up in all of it that it's there's, it's not even the pure pursuit of power. Like if it was, he wouldn't have given a fuck if they all looked like shit and couldn't right. read like Dan right. Santa. <laughs> like Dan Santa. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like the fact that he, it's just more like he also wants it to like look slick, like, ooh, like yeah. where's Giselle and Tom Brady? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's still this weird, it's still very theatrical. And it's it's mm-hmm. interesting to see the levels of people who are actually connected to the severity of what had happened and those that like are not. Because clearly we saw the lines of like oath keepers that were like, you know, serpenting through the crowds very in a very organized fashion to get to the doors and like there were people with a they're clearly motherfuckers with a plan who use these big ass crowds for cover um and then you have people who like i've just been i've been trying to read as many interviews with actual people who went in who were just kind of like some people were like yeah and then we got in there and and then we showed them and it's like what <laughs> and you showed them what right you didn't and there's like this thing where that's, I think, the dangerous part is like those people who found themselves walking in and then kind of being confused when they were in there and being like, oh, huh, what do we do? Oh, I'm on a no fly list now. Right. Um, like those people getting them to that next point where they know what to do is what is the actual danger here is like there's plenty of people who were who just went to the fascism show uh, and realized, oh, I think I kind of vibe with this. I didn't realize fascism was the headliner. I thought I was there for Trump. But mm. fascism closed the show out and I some people didn't fuck with it. Some people have been, you know, down since like their first couple albums. And I just heard it like I heard some stuff. But now I'm kind of interested because it kind of made me feel powerful in a way that put me diametrically opposed to all these other things that I've been ingesting, saying that these are the forces I'm working against. Um, and that's what I think, <laughs> you know, that's that radicalization process that, that you'd people need to begin to think about and what deplatforming means in terms of emboldening those people, because you damn sure not going to storm a Capitol if you didn't think a president had your back. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? The just it, over, over the weekend, I was kind of researching a lot of like stuff about historic fascism for no, no real reason whatsoever. And just some light uh, reading. Yeah, yeah, so, just some, so, your hobby. One of the experts was pointing out that like, Yet another red flag we should have seen a long time ago is that fascists are typically disgusted by their supporters. Like fascist leaders are oftentimes the way that Trump is towards his supporters. He, they're just kind of a means to an end that uh, because it's driven so much by narcissism and for the narcissist, nothing that they're trying to fill the hole in the middle of their soul with is ever good enough. So. Right. You know, he hates the supporters for the same reason he hates Donald Trump Jr. Um, it's they they don't live up to his image of what, you know, how, how what it would take. Yeah. What what it would take to make him happy, which it would, that that's never going to happen. So um, that's kind of why it's this perpetual uh, despair machine, both internally and then out out. Outternally is, I think, mm-hmm. the correct <laughs> way to say it. Mm-hmm. Outternal. 
Um, yeah. I wonder, is that why uh, Hitler had Hugo Boss design the Nazi uniforms? <laughs> Probably. He's yeah. like, honey, these these uniforms are a mess. Get Hugo Boss in here and we need to, <laughs> we need to look sexy. We need a head-to-toe makeover. <laughs> yeah. No, he was he was a PR. He was obsessed with PR and looks. and Well, right. And that's, you know, it's the beer hall push that failed and his ass is in jail. He starts being like, all right, so I need to I need to fine tune this propaganda now. Exactly. Like, and that's what is, you know, again, just like anything, you want to do something bad enough you, and you get fucking thwarted. You'll go back to the lab and try and figure out how to do that shit better. Um, mm-hmm. and that pro like to think that that process isn't in motion, I think is just so naive and foolish. And as much as, you know, even as you listen to this show, you might not want to acknowledge that there is a growing issue of fascism in the United States, but make no mistake. This is something that f- our lives are, are, are not going to be the same. Yeah. And we are going to have to confront this issue head on mm-hmm. for anything to happen because the you've clearly seen there are people even that you think will protect you that are in on it right. uh, that or at least don't give a fuck to the point that, you know, you are protected or you are safe. And I think, you know, really accepting that is going to be the first step of the citizens of this country to actually be participating actively in, you know, snuffing this shit out because it's not going to be handled just by Nancy Paluto and Chuck Schumer, <laughs> which is why all this talk about like unity and we have to unify like from Republicans and Dems is just like it feels like it's just brushing this very real issue of fascism under the rug. And it's just like, eh, forget about that. Just unity. Yeah. That's what we need to focus on. And it's like, yeah, no. Mm hmm. It's just like what happens to any huge issue. It's like, oh, no, I'm telling y'all, uh, you know, white supremacy and racism is a big issue in this country. Centuries yeah. later. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> what's going to happen if people do the, and I get it, you don't want to think you live in a country where you might have to confront fascism directly right. uh, or have that shit on your doorstep and decide what you would do uh, like to, you know, speak up against it uh, or call somebody out or really try and figure if you have a hand in probably doing something to take someone's influence away or draw it. I don't know, whatever it is, it's uncomfortable, but that's the thing people have to accept. And you can tell like for people who are like joking and being like, ah, like it's all, you know, whatever it's past. It's not, it really isn't. It really, really isn't. And I, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean that to like throw people off, but it's just, you can't, you can't look at what happened and you can't say that this isn't going to radicalize more people, that this isn't going to, this ends on January 20th. I mean, the people on fucking TV being like, guys, on January 20th, though, Joe Biden will be president and right. we can finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll go okay. back to, you know, mass shootings from white supremacists that are just swept under the rug and then presumably more and more coordinated fascism. Um Yeah. One So, you know, just kind of tying this all into the social media movement of, you know, Trump being uh, banned from Twitter and, you know, we were talking about the beer hall pushed. It's interesting to me that like fascists at that time, you know, uh, I've talked before on this show about how the creator of the loudspeaker blamed himself for the rise of fascism. Oh, yeah, Tannoy? Yeah, mm. because... It, it was this new technology that enabled 
uh, one person to reach a stadium full of people as opposed to uh, just, you know, whoever was in earshot. And I that is an explanation that gets swept under the rug because it's not interesting and it's just kind of weird to think back of like technology we take for granted as something that when it's new and unregulated and people don't know how to deal with it can lead to uh, the rise of these authoritarian and fascist, uh, you know, hate groups that turn into like national governments that wage war. But one of the uh, commissioners at the EU or the EU commissioner was speculating that you know, this could be the a turning point for social media and for just big tech in general if they actually, you know, follow through and keep using their platforms to persecute uh, or prosecute fascism and, you know, fight fascism. Uh, because, you know, the thing that is needed is is for them to... I don't know. Like they need to take responsibility as publishers, not as platforms. They need to quit it with this platform shit because when they act like they're just a platform and everything is unregulated, fascism just inherently wins out. Like the <laughs> they need to uh, be putting at least as much money into the regulating of the information that's getting spread on their platforms as they put into trying to grow their platforms, if not more. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, they also just put an entire industry of fact checkers and journalists out of business. So like go hire all of them and mm -hmm. put them on fact checking and uh, having some responsibility in what your platform uh, is used for because it is used as a publishing tool and you're just not not acknowledging that yeah <laughs> uh and even the a uh, man if, if if you have to explain censorship to people right. again yeah. i'm sorry you do uh it's so sad how people just go like you can't i can't do racism wherever i want this is censorship no that's like if you get arrested uh, and they're just saying, based on just solely what you see, you can't say that you're arrested for saying right. that, not for committing, right. it's for saying that, for having a take too hot, you are arrested. <laughs> no, they're saying you're engaging with a private company, you know what I mean? And you, you've entered an agreement by using their services and for them to just fucking mine the shit out of your data uh, for you to say that shit. And when you, and, and when you violate it, that's when you're taken off. And I think even people to... Like, there are people that are much more intelligent who understand this is not a censorship thing. Um, but I think the the interesting take on it I've seen is like, what I think this just demonstrates the gigantic power of big tech, though, too, that yeah. a couple companies go, all right, yeah, 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 let's pull the plug on this. And suddenly like, it's quiet. Yeah. And then you're like, so what does this mean exactly? Do you have a yeah. monopoly or something? What's going on here? Because I think that's another issue that obviously has to be. Uh, addressed as well but the idea of you know all this other shit is just such a deflection from you know five people lost their lives because this person in the the republican party just basically you know uh bankrolled an in insurrection low-key yeah. and used a bunch of stooges and people on twitter to kind of keep the momentum going um on the 1984 stuff uh I retweeted this guy, Gabe Del Delahaye, 
uh, who tweeted, just to be clear, the president being able to invade your consciousness anywhere at any time to spout off psychotic nonsense is way more Orwellian than the president not being allowed to do that, Um, (laughs) which I think is Mm. a good way to kind of put the whole thing into perspective. Um, Right. Yeah. And like you were saying, just the immense power uh, that that these platforms have and that they have totally just taken for granted or, you know, claimed that they aren't responsible for, uh, wielding, uh, right. up to this point, like that, this needs to be a huge focus of, and also it would create jobs and that's the most important thing in America. Um, hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah, yeah, dog. Job I mean, creating. Hey, creating jobs in the Capitol, man. All that cleanup. <laughs> that's right. Caitlin. It's been a pleasure having you oh, on the Daily Zeitgeist, as always. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, those wonderful social media platforms <laughs> that are so good and helpful, uh, at Caitlin Durante. And you can check out my website, I guess, CaitlinDurante.com. I don't know why you'd, you would do that, especially now that I'm quitting comedy officially. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, and then uh, listen to... The podcast that Jamie Loftus and I do, the Bechtel Cast, which yeah, is all yeah. about feminist film analysis. Yeah, it's a great show. Thank um, you so much. Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, I have a tweet from at Solomon Giorgio, pal of mine, very funny comic, who said. No one has consistently presented a better case to defund the police than the police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another one from him as well that I just retweeted, uh, relevant to our conversation earlier. If you want unity, you're more than welcome to join us in condemning and toppling white supremacy. So, hey, hey, hey. that's from Solomon. Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray, also 420 Day Fiance. If you just want to, you know, vibe out on some reality, you know, just vibe purely, purely. Um, let's see some tweets that I like. First, there's this one. I'm going to just send it to the chat. I, I'm hoping y'all have seen this one. Uh, it's it's the image that makes this truly uh, one to remember it's like this little boy just in like this oversized coat and it just says took my brother to target but like this kid it, he looks like a jawa from star wars because this little boy is wearing a coat <laughs> so big it just looks like a walking coat <laughs> like the guy's just oh taking photos of it like walking around target <laughs> and the little boy's like so just it's just funny man it's just so it's just sincere you know i needed it's something so, like that i didn't pure. need any like you know capitalist shit capital storming shit posts to laugh at anymore because mm. those started to wear thin uh but also this other one is from patty harrison at party harderson uh for all the babu frick hive out there uh, she tweets pause up they just cast babu frick as the new samantha in sex in the city <laughs> <laughs> because i think the reports are that uh samantha might not be the in the, in the reboot or whatever mm. whatever the new yeah. thing is so uh-oh i not yeah fuck it yeah babu frick i'm here for that that would actually make the show interesting. Seriously. Like if they had to treat Babu Frick as Babu Frick, like, and not as like Samantha and like, and Babu, like what's going on with you? And I just feel like I would watch a show where Charlotte and Babu talk about 
uh, Babu's failed relationship with a gallerist who he thinks is just using him for, <laughs> you know, repairs on her droids. Mm. She's just where, using yeah. you. Horny Babu Frick representation. Where, yeah. where is it? Where is Horny it? Frick Hive. Jamie, come on now. Write this episode. Write this. <laughs> Jamie, I implore you. Write this speculative episode of Sex in the City where Samantha has been replaced by Babu Frick. <laughs> Tweet I've been enjoying. Uh, Elon Musk at Elon Musk on January 9th tweeted, my 14 year old son Saxon said he feels like 2021 will be a good year. I agree. Let us all make it so. Uh, and I just, wow. wow I, first of all, I can't believe there's a dude named Musk Saxon or Saxon Musk out there. That is yeah. just wild. And such a, this is like, Two days after the storming of the Capitol, uh, I think one day after he was named the richest human being on the planet Earth, uh, possibly mm -hmm. in the history of the planet Earth. Um, so just hmm. dynamite uh, self-awareness. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, dog. No, there's um, no, 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 like, white person born in generational wealth has any kind of awareness. Right. I mean, maybe like that one Disney granddaughter. You know, there's very few class traders like that. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, we remember the little boy he had who's running around with emeralds in his pocket. Yep. Hmm. And you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song. We ride out on miles. What are we riding into this fine week upon? Uh, this another one from Al Pagoda. I know we went on Al Pagoda yesterday, but I was just reading more about Al Pagoda. This guy started off uh, like scoring films, and then kind of was just like, maybe I can start making like instrumental like music as well. And this album that the song Black that we wrote out on earlier uh, was from is like a bunch of these like voice notes and like ideas that he kind of put together and wanted every track to sort of feel like a film, like where it feels like there's an op like an establishing shot. Like he thinks very much like a like a cinematographer as he makes music. So I kind of started listening again to that and it sort of makes the music very, very enjoyable. Uh, so this one is called Steel by Al Pagoda and you know check out the whole album it's really nice to have on in the background and do work or read or whatever so Al Pagoda this one's Steel and just close your eyes and see the movie where the fascists are held to account and then the people of good of good minded and good conscience uh, help to restore order and equality to the land mm. stop the steel more like uh, oh, yeah um <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 -bye.